Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, November 16th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney and this is the show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. I'm going to go ahead and check the studio board here, make sure the volume's okay, the video's okay. I've been moving stuff around, getting ready for uh, more filming, as you can see on the desk here, on the workbench. And it uh, looks like my coffee cup fell over. But in any case, I hope you're having a great day. I do have the chat open if you want to say hi this morning. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first up, I do want to remind everyone that uh, if you're new to the show, every single link I talk about on the show, on all the shows, all 145 plus shows we've done this year, you'll find at automate.news. No www.no.com, just automate.news. You can see all the links from yesterday and all the links from this week and all the links from this month and so on and so on and so on. So thousands and thousands of stories we've covered on the morning show. And with that, I also want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, making it ad-free. That is Siemens. Uh, here you'll see a page from their uh, comfort panel, unified comfort panel HMI series. That's the same one that's above me here that uh, has cropped off the, the camera. But uh, in any case, very good looking HMI. So if you see anybody from Siemens, please thank them for sponsoring the Automation Morning Show. And with that, we go to our first uh, topic today. This is a press release from SCI saying that they have been acquired by Process Sensing Technologies. Very interesting there. And uh, so I wanted to share that with you this morning. Also, we have a press release about Emerson's new digital process controller. And I thought this was very interesting. So this is the FieldView, Fisher FieldView DPC2K. And some interesting things about this, um, it has a greatly an enhanced or improved closed loop control and um, it supports uh, 50 millisecond updates and has um, configurable deadband, any reset windup, dynamic reset limiting, and a bunch of other features. So very interesting uh, product announcement from Emerson and apparently this particular unit can be used to replace other legacy products, not just the Emerson products or the Fisher products. From there we go over to Turk, they got a new eight-point I.O. Link Master I.O. block here, and you can see it right there. And some interesting things about this is that it has eight I.O. Link Master channels and eight configurable PNP I.O. channels. And you can, if you want to, configure it so that you get 16 standard uh, I.O. points. But in any case, um, it also includes two amps of current on pin two from any sensors or actuators that may need current provided through the, uh, through the connectors. So I thought this was a very interesting addition to their product line. I was looking for, um, I thought there was some other information there I wanted to share with you, but a good looking product there. As we go to our next story here, Festo announced that they just introduced the company's most compact parallel aligned and radial grippers. So interesting there. Um, confusing name, I think for me, somebody who does a lot of Ethernet stuff, it's a DHPC product line. But in any case, you can see one of the units right there. If you're interested in these grippers, check that link out. And uh, from there, we go over to OnLogic, and they announced uh, the addition of a new power supply. This is a 1,000-watt power supply, right? That's pretty beefy. And uh, in any case, this is fully ruggedized power supply. And um, you can see it here. They also, in the same press release, talked about uh, upgrading to their Carbon 800 series of rugged computers. 
They're now available with 13th gen processors, CPUs from Intel. So you can check that out as well. So very interesting press release here. And if we go over to the next tab, uh, just a reminder, we did actually have OnLogix on the, um, OnLogix, I, I do that quite often, OnLogix, um, on the podcast back in episode 172. So if you're interested, I thought it was very interesting talking to Jason and learning about all their products and learning about their company. So um, check that out if you're interested. From there, we go over to our featured product today. Today, we're featuring the Micro 800 Level 1 and 2 cores from the Automation School. This is known as Nano Basics. If you don't know, Rockwell, to differentiate this from their other product lines, they put it in a nano category of nano PLCs. And uh, even though they did that, I do think this is a good replacement for the Micrologics. Now, I'm a big fan of the Micrologics. I think I have every model they've made, like each of the lines. And, um, you know, I teach on it. And, I, and, and, you know, when I had to do this course, I had stayed away from the Micro 800. But when I did this course, I'm like, wow, what a great little PLC. Supports three IEC 611131-3 languages, not just lateral logic. And I really, uh, you know, at first, CCW seems a little clunky, but... Yeah, you know, after you start using it for a while, you realize that it's based on, you know, the standard. And so now Rockwell has added a Logics view to it. They kind of make some of the, the instructions look, look more logic-y. Logic <laughs> but in any case, um, really uh, a fun product. Even the smallest unit has lots of memory. And uh, I really enjoyed using, using it, teaching it. And if you buy the level one and two course here, you do get the 2023-2024 course for free. So check that out if you're interested in learning the Micro 800. From there, we go over to some more uh, what's new here. You can see some new products from Automation Direct. They're featuring the CS Micro and CS Laser series here. Um, they also had a new line of Rhino Basic PSR power supplies. With that, we go over to Grace. They have an article here that includes the six innovations that they were showcasing at Automation Fair. And, uh, of course, we get a new Bernie and Les cartoon, which is always great. This one, it looks especially uh, 3D and uh, fancy. But in any case, let's take a look at what they think their six innovations are. Perpetua by Grace, the power puck. And, um, yeah, we, we talked about this. We we going all the way back to when they first announced that they were acquiring this company. And we talked about this, uh, this technology quite a bit on the show. Then we have the Grace Sense Vibration and Temperature Nodes, the VBTX. Third, we have the Grace Sense Defect Classification. Fourth, we have Foreman XAI Maintenance Assistance. Fifth, we have the Graceport MagView. And sixth, we have these new CheckVolt editions of their Grace PESDs. So uh, those are their six innovations that they were highlighting recently. At Automation Fair, I, I just got enough time to take a picture of their booth. I didn't get a chance to talk to anybody there. But uh, in any case, let's move on to Softing. They were also at the fair last week. And uh, this is an article exploring the foundation of your digital transformation journey. And this is kind of like a foundational article, or that's how it appeared to me, because there's going to be more articles in this series. But I thought it was very interesting to talk about... Um, Digital transformation of Rockwell, of your Rockwell ecosystem, as well as Siemens, ABB, Honeywell, and other non-Rockwell PLCs, and uh, reducing complexity, choosing the right future architecture, and so on. So I, I thought it was interesting, and I wanted to share it with you. From there, we go over to another interesting article, this one from PTC, 
And this is talking about leveraging a digital mentor for knowledge transfer in the changing workforce. And I thought this was interesting. Uh, one of the key takeaways really had me thinking this morning. They say that 25% of manufacturing workers are 55 or older, which means when they retire and leave the workforce, they're taking like years and years of knowledge with them. And so it makes sense to try to transfer that knowledge from them to the newer employees, right? And so uh, there's a lot of problems with doing that though, because a lot of companies have gotten uh, really bad reputations for like the train your replacement type of mentality, right? We'll pay them to train their replacement who's just starting out making a lot less. And then, um, then we'll let them go and save money, right? So you get these corporate greedy, uh, you know, money, money hungry, grubby uh, people who uh, just do all this unethical stuff, right? And so th a lot of people would just rather not do that. They would be like, how about I just go find another job? <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a lot of struggles with this, but for those companies who really treat their employees, not like a, a commodity they can buy and sell, but treat them as part of a team, as part of a family, then really getting them to train the younger generation and getting them to work, like in this case, PTC is talking about AR systems, which can uh, take that training and make it available quickly and easily to the next generation. Then it can be a real uh, plus for, the, uh, for both the employee and the company, right? So in any case, very interesting article, and I wanted to share that with you. From there, we go over to Aviva. And they had an interesting article about boosting collaboration with holistic operations control. And I, if I could summarize this article, it really talks about how you should make use of your modern HMI or SCADA system that has HTML capabilities, right? So a lot of the modern systems, whether it's an HMI or SCADA system, has the ability to publish your graphic displays, right, your screens, as HTML5. And you can use those to provide view-only reports live updating view only reports to all kinds of people in the plant right and uh, some of the bullets that they talk about this addressing is giving teams data they can use right another bullet is reduce lag with reports and analytics for multi-level teams and the third is close the knowledge and communication gaps right so i think we all know that on-demand live reports are just so advantageous and helpful and a lot of times these can be implemented right in the SCADA system, right? All SCADA systems have trending, they have data grids, they have HTML5 capabilities, even many HMIs, uh, even many HM, HMIs have HTML5 capabilities. So it's a little bit of work to design them and tweak them because different, different uh, consumers of the information are gonna need the data in a different format. But still, it's a very good point. It's a feature I don't think a lot of people are putting to use that's already in the products they own. And with that, I saw some chats come in, and uh, Frank says he's 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 beyond the 55 level, and uh, he also comments about holistic operators and operation control. So um, from there, we'll go over to a what I thought was a very good article from Excita on ICS cybersecurity, and uh, they talk about the different forces that are influence ICS cybersecurity adoption, and I think we've talked about many of these you know, national standards, regulation, industry requirements, and so on. But one point they bring up here, I don't think we've talked about enough, and we did talk about it in our last interview with, uh, with ISA, or I think both interviews, uh, both of the two last interviews with ISA, is insurance requirements. A lot of insurance companies who have to, you know, insure your facility against a cyber attack, right, or the damages that a cyber attack could cause, 
they're now required to say, hey, we don't want to be vulnerable here. You need to have cybersecurity. And so very interesting. They also have embedded here a video on, you know, a discussion they gave about 62443 from their webathon. You remember that was a 24-hour uh, webathon they had or, or um, you know, virtual seminar that they ran uh, a month or two ago. I know we talked about it on the show. And so I watched, I didn't watch the whole thing, but what I did watch of it was very good. So uh, you may want to check that out, especially if you're following cybersecurity topics. This is a good article to put in your quiver. From there, we go over to our featured, this is our featured guide of today. So over at theautomationblog.com, we have over 1,700 free articles and videos. And this guide's for the Micro 800. And in this guide, we have over 85 free articles and videos on the Micro 800. And, uh, you know, going through the hardware, showing you what the hardware looks like, showing you how to set up communications, showing you how to use like uh, some instructions you may not be familiar with if you're typically use like the Micrologics, like the reverse coil, the on off instruction. Um, if you have older versions, how to do mixed math, uh, how to do math with mixed data types. That's something we never thought about with like the SIG 500 Micrologics, PLC5, Control Logics, Compact Logics, but in the Micro 800, at least it used to be an issue. You had to convert everything. We have uh, an article on using PID instructions, um, just a lot of different stuff up here, over 85 different, uh, actually 92 different articles and videos for 100% free over at theautomationblog.com. From there, we go over to, we had a couple of case studies drop today or application notes from Rock Automation. I thought they were both very interesting, so I wanted to share them with you. The first one talks about a very large water wastewater uh, system where they needed to do some upgrades. They had a lot of legacy stuff. And so what they ended up doing is working with this uh, Rockwell partner to actually do a phased migration and start with the most critical you know, assets first, you know, and uh, work through it. And I thought it was an interesting um, uh, article, just kind of reading through it. You know, with these, they never get into uh, deep into specifics, but still I thought it was very interesting to read the story. And the other one was about, um, you know, taking natural gas out of landfill. So as a landfill... Um, ages, it produces lots of gases, a lot of CO2, and a lot of methane. And this is a story about how uh, Rockwell worked with uh, this uh, provider to help the, the company uh, design and deploy a bunch of these natural gas production facilities. And so they take the gas that comes out of the ground and they have to clean it and purify it. And it was, I just, again, a very interesting article, and I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we have some new videos. The first is a new video on the inductive couplers. We've been talking about this uh, and following these from Turk. And I thought uh, the person who is doing this video did a good job showing how they work. It's basically a very simple unboxing and just you know showing you how it uses use it the first time, but I thought they did a good job on it. And we also have a new video. Yesterday, uh, I released uh, episode 179 of the Automation Podcast. And this is um, where I sat down with Redline and we talked about IEC 62443 zones and conduits, right? And the beauty of their product, the RA10C, is it makes implementing this super easy, right? So you don't have to be an IT wizard. You don't have to get into the command line interface of your, you know, layer two switch and start, you know, doing some complicated things. Uh, this, this product and this software makes it very easy. But we do spend the first part of the show talking about zones and conduits. What are they? What are they used for? We talk about some applications. And I really enjoyed uh, sitting down with Barry and talking about this. And uh, you can see um, 
the whole, I think it's 27 minutes, turned out to be 27 minutes. Uh, you can see the whole show up at theautomationblog.com or anywhere you get your podcasts or videos. Almost anywhere. You can see all the places right here. Um, so in any case, that was yesterday, released yesterday. Now, for next week, I'm on vacation. So, of course, I won't be here doing the morning show. And it's Thanksgiving, so a lot of people will be have their minds on other things. But I did finish up uh, editing my uh, hour-long interview with John Gardner from Manufacture Local and the CNC Broach Tools. And we had a great article. We look at a lot of his manufacturing art that he's been collecting from like the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and just beautiful pieces. And he talks about as a, as a business owner and somebody who manufactures CNC brooch tools, um, he talks about, you know, his experiences and where he thinks manufacturing is going right and where they're going wrong. And of course, I chime in with all of my crazy ideas and thoughts and opinions. And of course, you can as well using our talkback link. But I've scheduled that episode, episode 180, to go out uh, 7.30 uh, when we usually do the morning show on Monday morning. So Monday morning rolls around, you're driving to work, you're like, ah, there's no morning show. Well, go ahead and uh, catch the podcast. It'll be podcast 180. We made sure all the platforms that the uh, Automation Morning Show are on are exactly the same as the Automation Podcast. So if you're watching this on the Automation Blog, of course, you can watch that at the Automation Blog. Or if you're listening to this on iTunes, you'll be able to grab that on iTunes as well. They're two different shows, but they're all on the same platforms. So uh, check that out Monday morning at 7.30 because I won't be doing the morning show. I will be driving down south. From there, we want to go to software updates. Only really one software update of uh, worth mentioning, in my opinion, this morning. And that was uh, SP3 for uh, PCS7 from Siemens. And uh, so that's Cymatic PCS7 V9 SP3 software update. From there, only one new manual today that I saw that was of interest, and that is a, uh, a new manual on a product bulletin, actually, on the Fisher EH and EHA control valves. As far as in our other science and technology section, um, I thought this was very interesting, this ad. It kind of, it's a little um, um, misleading. Um, what they're talking about here is, uh, the title of the article is, Robot Hand with Working Tendons, Tendons Printed in One Go. What they're really talking about is the ability to print multiple uh, materials, some flexible, some hard, um, with a 3D printer. And these 3D printers look are, act more like inkjet printers, right? I thought it was very interesting. And so um, I really enjoyed the article and the video. If we get into the video here, let me just make sure we're not going to get any loud noises here from the... Uh, yeah, I want to make sure we send this to the headphones so in case this gets loud and ugly, we don't hear it. And uh, good, it's already muted. So I'm going to fast forward here to just show you part of this video. If you're listening... What we're showing is typically you will have a print head that moves around 3D space. In this case, we have a tray that moves underneath the printer. So it's a very different uh, style of printer. And that tray is moving under print heads that uh, have multiple uh, drops, just like you would think of a inkjet printer. And uh, what they're doing here, of course, is printing different materials, the, the fibrous or stretchable tendons, as well as the hard legs or fingers of the different robots they're printing here. So we have the robotic hand, and then uh, later on we have this little walking uh, robot here that has uh, some grippers and some springs as well as hard bones that uh, make up the frame of the body. So I thought that was very interesting, so I wanted to share that with you this morning. And with that, again, I want to thank Siemens for sponsoring this morning's show. 
I also want to let you know that if you have an opinion you want to share with us, you can use the talkback or feedback link to let us know what you're thinking. And uh, just want to thank everybody who's uh, signed up to follow us over at theautomation.locals.com. I believe I'm all caught up on all the Q&A. Um, I found actually a great uh, it's a code sample in an old Rockwell manual that I was able to share with one of the users who was doing a, um, a delayed eject. So the part is tested here, but they have to eject it over here, and they have to keep track of it in between. And there was a, a great example of one of the old Rockwell books that I was able to share with them that I think will meet his application. You know, sometimes you really don't know what they're asking when, when it's text format, you know. But in any case, so um, from there we go over just to say a thank you to everybody who picked up one of our ebooks, video collections, coffee cups, or T-shirts. Really appreciate you guys. And... Uh, and we'll end with a reminder that every one of the links that we've ever talked about, you'll find at automate.news. No www.no.com. Automate.news. And uh, after the show's up and edited and published to all the podcasting locations, I come up here and I put them all in. So you'll see them, you know, usually late morning, early afternoon. And with that, that's it. Hey, we didn't go over today. It's only 7.53. So whether you're watching live or after the fact, I want to thank you for uh, watching the show. We really appreciate it. I'm kind of, uh, you know, sad I won't be doing this next week, but there probably won't be a lot of news anyways. We'll see. We'll see when I get back on Monday after Thanksgiving if if we missed a lot or not. But in any case, I do want to say, um, uh, uh, look at the chats here and see what's going on. Insurance for cybersecurity, $6 million man. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching the $6 million man when I was a kid. There's some great retrospects on that, on, uh, on uh, the video sh uh, sharing services. I, was, I caught one the other day. A lot of times I'll get retro stuff in my feed, so um, like old Atari games and, and old TV shows and whatnot. And uh, actually, I just picked up a couple of old sci-fi movies that, uh, that uh, one gentleman was reviewing all the sci-fi movies from the 50s. But with that, I don't know if you're interested in sci-fi because this is an automation show. So I'll let you get to work and also want to thank everybody who watches after the fact as well. And uh, just have an awesome day, guys. Remember, stay courageous and stay fearless. And until next time, peace.